please stand with me if you can for the reading of God's precious word. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 to 6. Ephesians 5 1 to 6. Therefore, be imitators of, imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love just as Christ also loved us and gave himself up for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But sexual immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. No filthiness and foolish talk or coerced jesting which are not fitting but rather giving thanks. For this you know with certainty that no one sexually immoral or impure or greedy has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of this, these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Now you may be seated. May God bless the reading and the preaching of this precious word. Again, we see another therefore. In chapter 3, chapter 4 actually, we saw that word two times. In chapter 3, Apostle used the words, for this reason, two times. So, what follows is based on what we have seen before. In fact, I believe we can look at all four chapters. When I was preparing the message for today. I was thinking what should be a proper title for my message this evening. This is what I came up with. Know your identity. Or know who you are. Then remember your identity. Thirdly, act your identity or according to your identity. First of all, know your identity or know who you are. Every believer should know this. The main purpose of Apostle Paul's prayers at the end of chapter 1 and at the end of chapter 3 is this. Believers should know who they are. What is their identity? We have seen they are chosen they are predestined, 
They are redeemed. They are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We are accepted in the beloved. At the end of chapter 4, we are forgiven people. Actually, in verse 31 and 32 we read, chapter 4, Let all bitterness and anger and wrath and shouting and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Instead, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, graciously forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has graciously forgiven you. Dear ones, ask Christians, we should grasp this truth. That is who we are. We are not like worldly people. We are special. We are special people. And also we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Think about all this and understand who we are. And then chapter 5, read, Therefore, be imitators of God. Ask beloved children. Just as children imitate us, it, it is our calling to imitate our Lord. In Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 4 we read that we are part, partakers of the divine nature. That is who we are. Then we read in the second verse and walk in love just as Christ also loved us and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Here it says, walk in love just as Christ also loved us. Walk in love. That word walk When I was thinking about that word yesterday, something came to my mind. It is a personal experience I had about 25 years ago. Our boys, our sons were teenagers, both of them. We decided to go to North India and visit Taj Mahal for the first time. It was in July, wrong time, 110 degrees, hot, 90% humidity. Anyway, <coughs> we went there, 
Somebody else bought the ticket for us. We paid. So we had the ticket. We gave our boys their tickets. And we had our tickets and a couple of friends of ours. We passed the first gate to show the ticket. Then there is another gate. Then on both sides there are two people, one person on each side sitting in a chair and watching everybody. One of them ran towards our boys and told them, show, the, show us the ticket, how much did you pay? I know it is not fair, but over there, if you are an Indian citizen, it was 35 rupees, about dollar twenty-five. If you are a foreigner, it was thirty-five dollars, seven hundred and fifty rupees. He asked, "How much did you pay?" I told, "I don't know. Somebody else paid." So I went there and uh, told them, "No argument. I'll pay. How much is it?" Oh, for them it is fifteen hundred rupees. That is thirty-five dollars for you. It is just 35 rupees, dollar 25. I paid, and I told you, so it is an honest mistake. While I was walking away, I asked this man, they look like Indians, they walk like Indians. What made you think that they were not born here? This man looked straight at, into my eyes and told her, that's what we do, we sit here and watch people. We found out they were not born in India by their walk. The way they were walking and acting. They did not do anything wrong. They are walking no different from Indian kids. I know this is uh, the walk in Ephesians. It's about our life. But I learned a good lesson. Spent 1,500 rupees, but it was a precious lesson. Others are watching our work. Our friends are watching our work. Our enemies are watching our work. Our Lord is watching us. Don't forget, Satan is watching us. As a Christian, we should always be careful about our walk. It says, walk in love. We read in First John, God is love. So we imitate him. How we walk. The Lord is the supreme example of self-sacrificing love. In fact, I like to say, he's not an example. He is the standard. He is our standard. John 17, verse 3, we read, The Father loves us just as he loves his Son. John 15, 13, we read, Greater love has no one 
than this that one lay down his life for his friends. But it goes further than that in Romans. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 10 we read that while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. The standard is different. It goes higher and higher. Jesus raised the standard. First, Jews know they are supposed to love their neighbor. Then, when you come to the gospel, friends, then love your enemies. The thing is, Jesus died for them. While we were enemies, Jesus died for us. This is a new standard. One of my favorite verses in, a, in the epistles is 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, we read, Walk in the same manner he walked. In the same manner as he walked. So here we read, And walk in love, just as Christ also loved us, and then gave himself up for us. He loved us and gave himself for us. Then it says, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. If you look at the book of Leviticus, the first few chapters, we can read, read about these sacrifices, the offerings. But the first three, the burnt offering, the grain offering, and the peace offering, that we see, burnt offering we see in Leviticus 1.17. Grain offering we see in chapter 2, verse 2. And then chapter 3 and verse 16, the peace offering. This all point to Christ. And at the end it says, it was a soothing aroma to Yahweh. It was pleasing to him. The last two, the sin offering and trespass offering, God accepted it. But it doesn't say it was a fragrant, sweet-smelling aroma because he became sin for us in our place. doesn't say that. But the first three says it was sweet-smelling aroma. And then that's what that's where he says when we love us Love others just like Christ loved us. It is acceptable to God and it is pleasing to God. Now, I look at remember and act your identity. Verse 3 we read, but sexual immorality or any impurity or greed 
must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Sexual immorality. It, not, it should not be even be named among believers. But how many ministry, ministries are to shut down? How many churches are to close? How many lives were destroyed? Because of immorality among believers, so-called believers, among Christians. God's attitude, attitude towards such sins as fornication and adultery, there is no compromise. We read in Numbers chapter 25, verses 1 to 9. Numbers 25, verses 1 to 9, we read, 24,000 died (coughs) because the children of Israel sinned with the women of Moab. 24,000 people died because of the sin. Numbers 25, verses 1 to 9. Because of they sinned with the women of Moab. Until <coughs> one man came and killed a man and a woman who came to the tent. The plague was killing people. Dear ones, God takes sin seriously. Immorality, fornication, yes, he takes seriously. Then another example is homosexuality. Two cities were destroyed as we read in Genesis chapter 19, 24, 28. Sodom and Gomorrah. They were destroyed because of the sin of homosexuality. A few weeks ago I was reading something on the internet. An article by a so-called Christian. I don't believe for a minute he is a believer. What he said was, Sodom and Gomorrah, they were destroyed. Not because of homosexuality, but because of lack of hospitality. When people came and knocked on the door, they didn't open the door for them. I could not believe. And he claimed to be a Christian. It is lack of hospitality. That's why God destroyed, he admitted he destroyed the cities. We are living in such a society. And then, the next verse, verse 4, no filthiness and foolish talk or jesting which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. That's what the Christian should do. It says, no filthiness, foolish talk, and jesting. Everything he's talking about, it has a sexual, what do you call it, flavor, whatever it is. Sexual jokes. I have seen so many Christians, I mean, so-called Christians, when they get together, that's what they talk about. Other women and sexual matters, and they enjoy it. But the Bible here clearly says, it is not fitting 
for a saint, one who is set apart. It is not a fitting for him. This, but rather giving thanks. Don't joke about sin. Or don't, not talk about sexual matters. Sexual intimacy, that's the word I'm going to use. It is a blessing from God. We can see that in the book of Genesis. That is something that God has given for husbands and wives. Nothing outside marriage. It is such a blessing. Talk about it with others and having fun. When somebody does that, his mind and his heart is drawn toward that sin. There is no reason to do that. It says, uh, which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks. A believer should be, should be thanking God, even for that sexual intimacy, which is a blessing that God has given. We should be thankful to God for that. We should be. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, we read, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through Him. We should be thankful. Then, another couple of verses I want to read. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3 we read, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Dear ones, this is a command. And this is, a, this is the will of God concerning your life and my life. Then we look at verse, chapter 5 and verse 18. Again we read, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Dear ones, God's people should be a thankful people. Instead of joking about sin and sex, we should be thanking God. <coughs> I was... Uh, looking at the passage that talks about the sin of David with Bathsheba when I was preparing this message. Then I looked at a verse. I never paid much attention to it. Second Samuel chapter 11, verses 25 and 27. Second Samuel Chapter 11, verses 25 and 27. We think about David and his sin. We always think about Nathan. Nathan came and told him, you are the man. Then he repented. But dear friends, for almost a year, David did not repent. 
in fact after the death of Uriah that was that was set up by David a messenger came to David he was afraid to tell him afraid how David will feel about it he came and told David in verse 25 the news about the death of Uriah thus you shall then after he said this is what David said thus you shall say to Job do not let this thing be evil in your sight for the sword devours one as well as another that's what david said in other words don't job don't let this bother you that much these things happen these things happen it can happen to anybody don't let this bother you but that's not the way god saw that so well it's about time i am going to send nathan and we know the rest of the story so dear believers we should never joke about sex we should never take sin lightly because our god it takes sins very seriously in fact i don't think he is that concerned when a sinner sins because what else is he supposed to do other than sinning but when a believer sins that breaks his heart he takes it very seriously then the next verse verse 5 for this you know with certainty be certain about it you know this that no one sexually immoral or impure or greedy and who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God <coughs> here he is not talking about the sins he is talking about the people who live in sin who people who practice sin for people sin is a way of life once some time ago i heard a preacher preaching on this passage this is what he said oh these people when they stand in front of the beam of seat they'll be so ashamed because they won't have any reward i just told myself wow they won't have any reward first they had to go to the bima seat dear ones these people who live in sin without any shame without any repentance they don't belong to him they don't belong to him if a person lives in sin practices sin and it is the way of his life here it says he has no inheritance in the kingdom of christ and god and he says 
to the patient believers, you know this for certain. You know this for certain. These people don't belong to God. This passage, that verse is not talking about reward. It is talking about life, eternal life. These people don't belong to God. And then, verse 6. Let no one deceive you with, any, with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Let no one deceive you. A similar command, warning actually, Paul gave to the Colossian believers in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8 we read, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men according to the elementary principles of the world and not according to Christ. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception. Dear ones, so much deception going on these days. Here it says, let no one deceive you. These days, we hear people saying, some so-called Christians, homosexuality, it's okay. That's the way God created them. We hear people saying, extramarital affairs, it's okay. That happens when you go on a business trip. Premarital sex. They say it's okay. That's healthy for you. No, it is not. They are sin. It's a sin. Let us, let no one deceive you with empty words. These are empty words. Words of deception. They are trying to deceive us. Deceive believers. That's why he's giving that warning. They are in darkness. Not only in darkness, they are darkness as we read in another place. These people think the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. These people, we should be very careful. Very careful. So I want to summarize the three things <coughs> briefly that I mentioned. Know your identity as a believer. Remember your identity and act your identity or act according to your identity. Believers, we are different. We are different in the world. The thing is, when we are in a compromising situations or close to people who do these kind of things, how do we react? What should we do? I want to look at one of my favorite books in the Old Testament. Book of Nehemiah, chapter 6. 
Nehemiah chapter 6. There is a verse there. Many times I spoke from that verse while I was in India. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 11. Nehemiah chapter 6, Ezra Nehemiah, verse 11. You know, God called Nehemiah to rebuild the walls and the gates of Jerusalem. He brought him from Persia. And he answered all his prayers. He gave him all the help. And, the king, and God worked in the hearts of the king. Everything. But the enemies, he had to face enemies from the north, enemies from the south, enemies from the east, enemies from the west. If you read that chapter, you can get it. And enemies from within, his own people, even from the tribe of Judah, they were trying to discourage him. Then finally, a man came. We read in a verses 10. Now I entered the house of Shamaya and son of Deliah. And then says, who was confined at home? And he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. And let us cross the doors of the temple for they are coming to kill you and they are going to kill you tonight. They tried everything but the work was progressing. Right on schedule, under budget, as somebody used to say. Ahead of schedule. But they couldn't take it. Finally, they found out, they came up with a good idea. Maybe this will do do the trick. He will be afraid and he will listen to us. So they came and told, somebody is going to come and kill you tonight. Come with me. Hide in the temple. Hide means maybe behind the veil, in the holy place. Telling Nehemiah. Look at what he said. We can actually preach a sermon on those five words, actually. Eleven. But I said, Should a man like me flee? Nehemiah was telling, Should a man like me flee to the temple and hide. What he means? It's not words of a proud man. He's saying, my God, he chose me. I found favor in the sight, the present sight of the king. He gave me everything. People, lumber, everything I need. Every time enemy came, I prayed and he answered, my, he answered my prayer. And he gave me strength. I did not dis- get discouraged. I never did. And I am doing a great work. I am serving a great God. Should a man like that flee? Why he said that? 
because Nehemiah knew his identity. He remembered his identity. And he acted accordingly. He knew he was not a priest. Nehemiah knew right away. He didn't say, I want to pray about it, talk to my friends about it, or think about it. He didn't have to. He knew right away. He knew he was. He knew he was not a priest. He was a builder. I cannot go to the temple. If I go to the temple with this man and hide behind the veil, I will be a dead man. And I will be sinning. I will bring reproach to my God. It says, verse 12, And I recognize that surely God had not sent him, but he spoke his prophecy against me because Tobai and Sanballat, they hired him. He, he was hired for this reason, that I might become afraid and act accordingly and sin. That's what the enemy wants. Make us sin. Dear ones, we should watch our lips. How we talk. We should watch how we walk. We should remember our identity. Let me tell you something. Especially if any, any young person is listening to me. When you are in a compromising situation, whether it is your job situation, or your friends, or you are looking for a, you want to get married, and looking for the right person. Ask what Nehemiah asked. Should a man like me, should a woman like me do this? Because I won't sin. I cannot sin. And I will not. I will not do it. Dear ones, may God help us to remember our identity. To know our identity. And according to our identity. May his name be glorified. Shall we pray? Our gracious, loving Father, we thank you for your precious word. Thank you for speaking to our hearts, speaking to me through your precious word. We are to face so many challenges, especially we pray for our children, our young people. When they have to face challenges, face these kind of circumstances, May they be able to ask like Nehemiah and make a decision. A man or a woman like me cannot do it. It is not pleasing to the Lord. Let them do what is pleasing to the Lord. Again, help us. We pray in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.